Welcome back to Transform Your Workplace. I've got my returning buddy, Nicole Blevins. <laughs> How are you? Hello, world. I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. We're going to geek it out a little bit today. We're going to talk about a topic that I like talking about is the economy and where we're at from a marketing <laughs> standpoint. There's just the last few years have been just bizarre. Yeah. Pandemic, great res, all these buzzwords, great resignation, great reshuffle. What other quiet there quitting? There was a pandemic? What? Right. I had no it's idea. Just, it's just weird, right? There's just so much it's like one thing after the other. Yeah. And I think it's caused a lot of employers, leaders, even employees to like question like what is happening and where are we going? Because you don't yeah. obviously want to make a decision both as a business decision or an, as an employee and like up, upend your life, move right. across the country like you did and then start with an <laughs> employer and then all of a sudden things are chaotic. So I think there's yeah. just a lot of unknowns about where we're at right now as a society and it's not isolated to the United States where we're at or, or even Oregon where we're at, but it's, yeah. this is a global issue at this point. So we pulled out yeah. the SHRM article and it's yeah. entitled Labor Shortages Forecast to Persist for Years. And so that's a, you know, that's a grabbing headline. So you yeah. and I dove into this and we just want to talk about it, right? Yeah. So what are some of the driving forces behind the labor shortages right now from your perspective and even from the data that's out there? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of older workers that are retiring. So there's just a labor shortage in general from people the natural attrition of people just deciding to retire or pursue other things. I would say even the past couple of years with COVID and everything that happened, there were people that decided to retire early because of everything going on and just not wanting to work anymore because of just COVID and the scariness surrounding that and wanting to enjoy time with their families and be focused on family more. So there's a big part that's that unemployment just being really low for the past couple of years, too, has really contributed to this. And so there's just been a crazy labor shortage for a while. And the headline of this article saying that it's going to persist for years, I think, really jumps out at me and a lot of people because I think we've been saying for a while now, oh, when this is over, when the market is, <laughs> it slows down a bit and It'll get better. And I think the reality is it's not going to get yeah. better. It's going to persist. The demographics and aging population issue, yeah. it is such a behemoth issue that not a lot of people talk about. It. There, years ago, I read an economist. He wrote, he's a big demographics guy. His name is Harry Dent. Wrote tons of books on this issue and just like how if there's not enough younger people being born, so we don't yeah. have babies. And then the, as generations leave the workforce, and you don't have many to come behind it, you're just, you're going to have a shortage of people. So then you have to get creative as a business. If you're an employer and you're looking for maybe in a niche market and you're looking for talent that just isn't there, or yeah. you have to pay three X just to get somebody to leave a current organization because they're, you know, they're in a good spot like that. I think that's yeah. where a lot of employers are at right now is like, you're having to pull people from other organizations, pay more because the talent supply doesn't exist outside of that. Yeah. And I think it does take a lot more, like you mentioned, paying more for people to leave because it is a scary time right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people or some people are like hunkering down. They're comfortable in their current position. Right. They feel a sense of commitment to the organization maybe and just don't want to make a change because they're worried with the layoffs that they're seeing and other right. things that add a new organization if they're a newer employee. If there are layoffs, they may not, they may be part of that. So it's a risk for people, I think, to jump ship as well. And so it 
it's going to cost a lot more or you'll have to have a really good employee value proposition to get yeah. people to make that shift as well. This is why it gets really complicated and why I love talking about it because there's no right answer. All of this is connected in some way. So like, for example, inflation, that's, it's been a thing for quite a long time. And yeah. so as an employee, if I'm in a current situation and now you've got a competitor of the same industry willing to pay way more than what I'm making now. As a person who consumes things, house prices, interest rates, and I want a new car, you start to make life decisions because you might jump ship because of the money, because inflation's high. But in a roundabout way, it self-perpetuates the inflation problem because of velocity of money. More money in supply and spending more and prices rising, it just perpetuates the issue. So constrained supply, yeah. whether talents or goods and services, it does spike wages, prices, all of that stuff. Yeah. And from like a human standpoint, if an organization is throwing $15,000, $20,000 more a year than what I'll you were making it. before, psychologically, you're like, I would be insane to take that. What, right. how can I say no to that? So it just, it does perpetuate this problem. And a lot yeah. of organizations are just stuck in this rut of this labor shortage and costs increasing for them as a business and for employees yeah. as well, of course. I think that's what makes it challenging is because as a business, you look at it and you either make a, you have to automate certain areas of your business or find different ways of doing things, hiring consultants, plug for any HR <laughs> consulting and payroll yeah. process. You make decisions because if there's no talent available, you have to get creative with your business, whether it's AI is popping out or you got consultants and you got other things that you can areas of your business if you can't find people. So that's one thing. Yeah. And then just you've got to listen to your employees, too, because if you have people walking out the door, you've got to start collecting data and listening to your employees about what they need and what they want, because the needs are constantly changing. And it's just especially with the pandemic and remote work and work life balance, yeah. the needs of people are changing. And as there are four generations in the workplace right now. The needs of every generation are so different. The voice of the employee matters. And I think that's what the Sherm article points out is like, you got to listen to your people. Yeah, you got to listen to your people. And it's so important. And I remember like hearing this story a while ago. And I don't know if it's a true story or not, or if it's just someone, something someone shared in a keynote speech one time. So it's not my story but about an employee who was an IT manager, had been with the organization for a long time, and he was unhappy, and he decided to resign. And when they talked to him and asked him, what is something that would have made you stay? He said something to the effect of the machine in the break room doesn't have a Dr. Pepper, and I drink a Dr. Pepper every day. And that really bothered me. And I would wow. tell people how much I like Dr. Pepper, but like nobody like seem to connect the dots, which sounds so like silly. It's just a silly it's little trivial story. in some ways, but it, it mattered to right. that employee. But the point is like there are, it's not always about the big things or about money, right? There are little things that you can do to show employees that you hear them, that you listen to them when they communicate that there's a need. Because a lot of times people won't just come out and directly say to you exactly what they need or what they want. You have to listen and care and just hear those hints that you're getting in between those conversations or ask, ask questions about what they need, what would make their work experience better. 
so that they feel valued and cared for even in those little moments or opportunities to make a big difference. So this article points out, and I don't know if they posed a question or if they actually truly believe that 2023 would be a year of normalization. Give me some insight yeah. on what, what that means possibly. And it, do you see that as well? Yeah, I saw that as well. And I agree. I think it will be a year of normalizing in the sense of we've been saying for a long time, oh, when COVID is over and things get back to normal or when the labor shortage is over and things get back to normal. And I think normalization means we're normalizing this COVID situation. We're normalizing this labor shortage situation to the new normal, which is another buzzword of this is our new normal. And during this year in 2023, we really have to think about and focus about how do we live with this? How do we survive as a business with this hand of cards we've been dealt? How do we make the most of that situation? How do we look at our resources and figure out ways to automate, optimize, be more efficient with our time and resources to get through these challenges that every organization is facing right now. And back to your point about automation and how people, is a, it's an expensive resource, right? The cost of that is rising and competing for talent. So really thinking about, are there opportunities to use AI or to automate and create efficiencies and spend your money on those vital positions where you can't you know, automate? Speaking of yeah. HR as an example, HR can be a really great strategic thinking partner, can help with leadership development, can do a lot of these really high value items. But a lot of organizations use HR internally to do filing, to plan company events, to do other more administrative things that may not impact the bottom line. So finding other ways to do that and really spending that time, that energy, and that money on those higher value items that are really going to get you a good impact. So great. Yeah. You don't want to automate the like strategic and critical thinking right. items that especially involve people because people are nuanced. So imagine automating something that really needs a personal touch and critical thinking skills versus there's there is AI, there is automation out there that that is able to reduce the volume of the repeated tasks and things like yeah. that that can make things more efficient, but don't replace the important stuff with yeah. that. Exactly. And that's what's oh. so great, I think, about Zenium and the model that we have as well is like we're able to really provide those really high value services to our clients or streamline their internal administrative yeah. processes with proven processes that we've built to support them as well. So you're really spending the right time and energy of your company's leadership in the right places. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think this is all going? Do you, do you believe that it's we're going to normalize or stabilize this year? Do you think it's going to be bumpy for the next few years? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be bumpy for a while <laughs> for the next few years. But I think, like I mentioned before, we have to normalize that, the bumpy ride as a concept adapt. or as the way things, yeah, adapt. There you go. That's a better word for it is we have to normalize adapting to that and yeah. being flexible and figuring out creative solutions and problem solving over this year and the next couple of years. So mm-hmm. that's really where I think things are going. I think the emphasis will continue to be on employee employees being heard and their needs being met 
and there being a positive employee experience for them to really try to retain your top talent. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's going to go away for a while either. I do think 2023 isn't like necessarily normalized. It's like the year of adapting. It's agility. It's I think the organizations that will win in this environment are the ones that can figure out a way to keep their talent to develop a pipeline of people that want to work for them. So reputation in the market and then finding better ways to do things, more efficiencies are using different tools and automating repeated processes and things that aren't high value. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. If you figure out your operational way and you can figure out the people thing, that's the recipe. Yeah. There, there are so many organizations that, do things just because it's always been done that way. We've always heard that. Well, that's just the way we've always done it. So I think really, just like you said, shifting your mindset, adapting to why do we always do it that way? Could we do it differently? And what would be the impact if we did do this differently? How could it transform our business or the way that we're doing work? Yep, absolutely. Nicole, this has been a fun discussion. Anything you'd say in parting on, on this conversation? Just keep on keeping on through this year. (laughs) Everyone will make it if we just adapt and are agile, like you mentioned. So I think reflection is also important. Like just recognizing where you're at, where you want to go. And if you're clear about your vision, just bring your people along, keep communicating. It's, it's, it is bumpy, but it doesn't have to be all, all bad. It's just adapting to this environment for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the podcast, Nicole. Yeah, it was great. 